0: The world's leading telcos are trying to shed the stigma of being monopolies lacking innovation. Telcos have been great at operational efficiency and connectivity and living off of transmission and the costs and expenses or revenue associated with that transmission. But in a world beyond telephone poles and basic wireless and mobile services, how will telcos modernize and become more agile and monetize new opportunities brought about by 5G and private wireless and a spate of new innovations in infrastructure, cloud, data, and apps. Hello and welcome to this week's Wikibon Cube Insights powered by ETR. In this breaking analysis and ahead of Mobile World Congress or now MWC 23, we explore the evolution of the telco business and how the industry is in many ways mimicking transformations that took place decades ago in enterprise IT. We'll model some of the traditional enterprise vendors using ETR data and investigate how they're faring in the telecommunications sector. And we'll pose some of the key issues facing the industry this decade. First, let's take a look at what the GSMA has in store for MWC 23. GSMA is the host of what used to be called Mobile World Congress. They've set the theme for this year's event as Velocity, and they've rebranded. MWC to reflect the fact that mobile technology is only one part of the story. MWC has become one of the world's premier events, highlighting innovations not only in telco, mobile, and 5G, but the collision between cloud, infrastructure, apps, private networks, smart industries, machine intelligence, and AI, and more. MWC comprises an enormous ecosystem of service providers, technology companies, and firms, from virtually every industry, including sports and entertainment. And as well, GSMA, along with its venue partner at the Fira Barcelona, have placed a major emphasis on sustainability and public and private partnerships. Virtually every industry will be represented at the event because every industry is impacted by the trends and opportunities in this space. GSMA has said it expects 80,000 attendees at MWC this year, not quite back to 2019 levels, but trending in that direction. Of course, attendance from Chinese participants has historically been very high at the show, and obviously the continued travel issues from that region are affecting the overall attendance, but it's still very strong. And despite these concerns, Huawei, the giant Chinese technology company, has the largest physical presence of any exhibitor at the show. And finally, GSMA estimates that more than $300 million in economic benefit Will result, will, will result from the event, which takes place at the end of February and early March. And theCUBE will be back at MWC this year with a major presence, thanks to our anchor sponsor, Dell Technologies, and other supporters of our content program, including Enterprise Web, Arcus, VMware, Snowflake, Cisco, AWS, and others. And one of the areas we're interested in exploring is the evolution of the telco stack. It's a topic that's often talked about and one that we've observed taking place in the 1990s when the vertically integrated IBM mainframe monopoly gave way to a disintegrated and horizontal industry structure. In many ways, the same thing is happening today in telecommunications, which is shown on the left-hand side of this diagram. Historically, telcos have relied on a hardened, integrated, and incredibly reliable and secure set of hardware and software services that have been fully vetted and tested and certified and relied upon for decades. And at the top of that stack, On the left are the crown jewels of the telco stack, the operational support systems and the business support systems. For the OSS, we're talking about things like network management, network operations, service delivery, quality of service, fulfillment assurance, and things like that. For the BSS systems, these refer to customer-facing elements of the stack, like revenue, order management, with products they sell, billing, and customer service. And what we're seeing is telcos have been really good at operational efficiency and making money off of transport and connectivity, but they've lacked the innovation in services and applications. They own the pipes, and that works well, but others, be they over-the-top content companies or private network providers, and increasingly cloud providers, have been able to bypass the telcos, reach around them, if you will, and drive innovation. And so, The rightmost diagram speaks to the need to disaggregate pieces of the stack. And while the similarities to the 1990s in enterprise IT are greater than the differences, there are things that are different. For example, the granularity of hardware infrastructure will not likely be as high where competition occurred back in the 90s at every layer of the value chain with very little infrastructure integration. That, of course, changed in the 2010s with converged infrastructure and hyper-converged and also software-defined. So, so that's one difference. And the advent of cloud containers, microservices, and AI, none of that was really a major factor in the disintegration of legacy IT. And that probably means that disruptors can move even faster than did the likes of Intel and Microsoft, Oracle, Cisco, and the Seagates of the 1990s. As well, while many of the products and services will come from traditional Enterprise IT names like Dell, HPE, Cisco, Red Hat, VMware, AWS, Microsoft, Google, et cetera. Many of the names are going to be different and come from traditional network equipment providers. These are names like Ericsson and Huawei and Nokia and other names like Wind River and Rakuten and Dish Networks. And there are enormous opportunities in data to help telecom companies and their competitors go beyond telemetry data into more advanced analytics and data monetization. There's also going to be an entirely new set of apps based on the workloads and use cases ranging from hospitals, sports, sports arenas, racetracks, shipping ports, you name it. Virtually every vertical will participate in this transformation as the industry evolves its focus toward innovation, agility, and open ecosystems. Now, remember, this is not a binary state. There, there are going to be greenfield companies disrupting the apple cart, but the incumbent telcos are going to have to continue to ensure newer systems work with their legacy infrastructure their in their OSS and BSS existing systems. And as we know, this is not going to be an overnight task. Integration is, is, is a difficult thing, transformations, migrations. So that's what makes this all so interesting because others can come in with Greenfield and potentially disrupt. There'll be interesting partnerships and ecosystems will, will form and, and, and coalitions will also form. Now, we mentioned that several traditional enterprise companies are or will be playing in this space. Now, ETR doesn't have a ton of data on specific telecom equipment and software providers, but it does have some interesting data that we cut for this breaking analysis. What we're showing here in this graphic is some of the names that we've followed over the years and how, they've, how they're have how they faring. Specifically, we did the cut within the telco sector. So the y-axis here shows net score or spending velocity and the horizontal axis, that shows the presence or pervasiveness in the data set. And that table insert in the upper left, that informs as to how the dots are plotted, you know the two columns there, net score and, and the ends. And that red dotted line, that horizontal line at 40%, that is an indicator of a highly elevated level. Anything above that, we consider you know, quite outstanding. And what we'll do now is we'll comment on some of the cohorts and share with you how they're doing in telecommunications, in that sector, in that vertical, relative to their position overall in the data set. Let's start with the public cloud players. They're prominent in every industry, telcos, telecommunications is no exception. And and it's quite an interesting cohort here. On the one hand, they can help telecommunication firms modernize and become more agile by eliminating the heavy lifting and all the cloud value prop, data center costs and the cloud benefits. At the same time, public cloud players are bringing their services to the edge building out their own global networks, and are a disruptive force to traditional telcos. All right, let's talk about Azure first. Their net score is basically identical in telco relative to its overall average. AWS's net score is higher in telco by just a few percentage points. Google Cloud Platform is eight percentage points higher in telco with a 53% net score. So all three hyperscalers have an equal or stronger presence in telco than their average overall. Okay, let's look at the traditional enterprise hardware and software infrastructure cohort. Dell, Cisco, HPE, Red Hat, VMware, and Oracle. We've highlighted on this chart just as sort of indicators or, or proxies. Dell's net score is 10 percentage points higher in telco than its overall average. Interesting, Cisco's is, is a bit higher. HPE's is actually lower by about nine percentage points in the ETR survey, and VMware's is lower by about four percentage points. Now, Red Hat is really interesting. OpenStack, as we previously reported, is popular with telcos who want to build out their own private cloud. And the data shows that Red Hat OpenStack's net score is 15 percentage points higher in the telco sector than its overall average. OpenShift, on the other hand, has a net score that's four percentage points lower in telco than its overall average. So this to us, talks to the pace of adoption of microservices and containers. You know, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen more slowly. Finally, Oracle's spending momentum is somewhat lower in the sector than its average, despite the firm having a decent telco business. IBM, IBM and Accenture heavy services companies are both lower in the sector than their average. And real quickly, Snowflake's net score is much lower by about 12 percentage points relative to its very high average net score of 62%. But we look for them to be a player in this space as telcos need to modernize their analytics stack and share data in a governed manner. Databricks net score is also much lower than its average by about 13 points and same. I would expect them to be a player as open architectures and cloud gain steam in telco. All right. Let's close out now on what we're going to be talking about at MWC 23 and some of the key issues that we'll be unpacking. We've talked about stack disaggregation in this breaking analysis, but the key here will be the pace at which it will reach the operational efficiency and reliability of closed stacks. Telcos, you know, in in a large part, they're engineering heavy firms and much of their work takes place you know, kind of in the basement, in the dark. It's not really a big public hype machine, and they tend to move slowly and cautiously. While they understand the importance of agility, they're going to be careful because, you know, it's in their DNA. And so at the same time, if they don't move fast enough, they're going to get hurt and disrupted by competitors. So that's going to be a topic of conversation. We'll be looking for proof points. And the other comment I'll make is around integration. Telcos, because of their conservatism, will benefit from better testing and those firms that can innovate on the testing front and and have labs and certifications and innovate on, at that level with an ecosystem are gonna be in a better position because open sometimes means wild west. So the more players like, like, like Dell, HPE, Cisco, Red Hat, et cetera, that, that do that and, and align with their ecosystems and provide those resources, the faster, adoption is going to go. So we'll be looking for you know who's actually doing that. Open RAN or radio access networks that fits in this discussion because ORAN is an emerging network architecture. It essentially enables the use of open technologies from an ecosystem. And over time, look, all RAN is going to be open, but the questions, you know, a lot of questions remain as to when it will be able to deliver the operational efficiency of traditional RAN. Got some interesting dynamics going on. Racket10 is a company that's working hard on this problem, really focusing on operational efficiency. Then you got DISH Networks. They're also embracing ORAN. They're coming at it more more from service innovation. So that's something that we'll be monitoring and unpacking. We're gonna look at cloud as a disruptor. On the one hand, cloud can help drive agility, as we said earlier, and optionality and innovation for incumbent telcos. But the flip side is can also do the same for startups trying to disrupt and cloud attract startups. While some of the telcos are actually embracing the cloud, Many are being cautious, so that's going to be an interesting topic of discussion. And as private wireless networks and 5G and hyper-local private networks, they're being deployed, you know, at the edge. This idea of open edge is also a really hot topic, and this trend is going to accelerate, you know, The importance here is that the use cases are gonna be widely varied. The needs of a hospital are gonna be different than those of a sports venue, different from a remote drilling location and energy or a concert venue. Things like real-time AI inference and data flows are gonna bring new services and monetization opportunities and many firms are gonna be bypassing traditional telecommunications networks to build these out Satellites as well, we're going to see, you know, in this decade, you're going to have, you know, you're going to look down at Google Earth and you're going to see real time. You know, today you see snapshots. And so lots of innovations going, going in that space. So how is this going to disrupt industries and traditional industry structures? Now, as always, we'll be looking at data angles, right? Because it's in the cube's DNA to follow the data and what opportunities and risks data bring brings the cube is going to be on location at mwc 23 at the end of the month we got a great set we're in the walkway between halls four and five right in congress square it's booths cs60 so we'll have a full they called stand cs60 we have a full schedule i'm going to be there with lisa martin dave nicholson uh and the entire cube crew so don't forget to stop by all right that's a wrap I want to thank Alex Meyerson, who's on production and manages the podcast. Ken Schiffman as well. Kristen Martin and Cheryl Knight help get the word out on social media and in our newsletters. Rob Hofe is our editor-in-chief over at Silicon Angle. Does some great stuff for us. Thank you all. Remember, all these episodes are available as podcasts wherever you listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcasts." I publish each week on Wikibon.com and SiliconAngle.com. And all the video content is available on demand at thecube.net. You can email me directly at david.vellante at siliconangle.com. You can DM me at dvellante or comment on my LinkedIn posts. Please do check out etr.ai for the best survey data in the enterprise tech business. This is Dave Vellante for the Cube Insights powered by ETR. Thanks for watching and we'll see you at Mobile World Congress and or next time on Breaking an